$58,113 per Bitcoin, which is equal to 1,720 sats per dollar. Let's go. 58K gang rise up. Let's get it. Uh, I'm here, of course, with my co-host, Wynikus. What's up, Wynikus? How you doing today, bro? 58K gang. Let's go. We fucking That's outcha. It. We made it. We made it back. Whoever thought? Whoever doubted 58K gang? I didn't really get 58K gang, to be honest, but that's just me. It's because uh, we were sideways chopping for like a few weeks at 58K. So Dennis claimed that price point and said that we're going to stay there forever. So here we are back at 58K. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. So I never, I never understood. Is 58K gang bullish or bearish? Kind of bearish, huh? I think Dennis has been a bear this whole time. Racist as fuck. Wow. And we let him hang out with us? Jeez. Such nice guys. <laughs> Gang just is. Just is. Okay. All right. So let's just start the show strong and start start with some speculation. How long are we staying in 58k Let's go. So 58k. Uh, are we are we leaving the zone soon? We about to just moon out of here and never come back. 100k by beefsteak is guaranteed. 100k by beefsteak. Wow. What is uh? When is the beefsteak again? October 22nd. Wow, let's go. Okay. Something something about a planet in retrograde. I forget the details, but Dang. the gist of it is uh, 100K by beefsteak. Did we all become Bitcoin astrologers? or? So I, I still don't know what it means, but I like it better than on-chain TA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, retrograde means that a planet as viewed from our position looks like it's going backwards from its normal orbit. Because of the side of the sun that it's on relative to us. Yes, I get that, Jim. But what's it mean for a number go up? That's what Sorry. Steve wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> number's going to keep going up. It doesn't matter which way the planets are going. There's only two things that are forever. Wu-Tang and 58K. Wow. What's it mean? 58K is going to be short-lived. We're going right by. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. Um Wynikus, drop Apex a link in the in our Discord for for the the voice chat. Alright. He's a little too special today. Okay. That's the kind of Yeah, that's that's our kind of people. Um yeah, so obviously we're super bullish. The price is moving upwards, but as we name this show, it's the waiting game, guys. So here we are. We're here just waiting, seeing what number go up is going to do. It's like that one meme where it's uh, you know, a little stick figure poking the Bitcoin logo, like do something. So 
Uh, me and Wynick just thought it'd be a good show just telling you guys, you know, what we do when we're waiting around to see what's happening in the space because it seems like that's what's going on. Um, we here, we're built in the bear market, so I think we're big fans of the bear market energy. And let's all be honest, bull market Twitter is not as fun as bear market Twitter. It's a lot of noise and it's a lot of waiting and you're not sure what's going on. You're not sure who's building what. And right now we're just waiting to see price go up. We're waiting to see another country adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. And we're out here creating memes. So this is what you do as a Bitcoiner once you get it. We will go over the news, but first you have to understand why you Bitcoin, why you hodl, and so you can bypass all this monotonous downtime that you're going to have as a Bitcoiner. Oh, what's up, Apex? I, I, I put in my low, slow DJ voice for you tonight. <laughs> all right, Wynicus. So, bro, what have you been doing? waiting in the jungles um, i mean picking up new skills surfing things like that but yeah i mean there's there's the whole like waiting for hyper bitcoinization part of things like obviously when sats are the standard and people realize their unit of account is wrong so obviously all of us are kind of living in the future waiting for that but there's also the waiting from the political side of things government seeing what the hell they're up to because it's pretty obvious that i think that they have a plan and it's not in our favor so there's a lot of things that we kind of have to wait around for and i don't know i mean like a, a lot of it is kind of not motivating in a sense like how are you supposed to start a business in today's environment when supply chains are wrecked and hyperinflation is coming um, and governments are overregulating everything. So like there's, there's two sides to the coin here and waiting is fun in certain regards when, when you're shit posting, memeing with your fellow Bitcoiners on Twitter and waiting is also kind of scary to see what's going to unfold in the like global landscape. Let's go. Um, Wynicus, playing devil's advocate. What if you need to lower your time preference? Are we being impatient right now? Is this waiting game us being complacent and impatient? I mean, my time preference is pretty low, but Bitcoin fixes this, but I don't know if it fixes everything. So, um, when your movement is being restricted, then obviously that's the thing that I'm the most concerned about. So like I have no problem waiting for hyper Bitcoinization. Um, but I don't know, like the in the short term, it is interesting, like seeing how we have to avoid certain scenarios. Like I'm in Costa Rica right now and they just announced that they're trying to issue a vaccine mandate here to enter certain businesses and things like that, which was like pretty surprising. And who knows if it's actually going to be enforced here because things are like pretty unorganized. So I don't know. I mean, waiting is I, I can wait forever. You know, I'll, I'll wait. It's fine. My time preference is low. 
Let's go. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Vax Pass. It's a little tangent, but uh, did that make you make you feel a little paranoid, or do you have like what what were, what was your thinking when you heard that today? I mean, it's a a little demoralizing. Like, and uh, it doesn't make sense, obviously, just based on like people that understand basic basic statistics um as to why they do it but obviously i think this is like a blessing for every government because they get to control everyone so like they love covid i'm sure uh so yeah i mean it's it's a little demoralizing and now it's kind of just like who knows what to expect in the very near term like everything just happened so fast so uh I don't know. I have no idea what the next like six months is gonna look like. Obviously, number number go up, but uh, government go down. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on the waiting game right now? Uh, what are actually more so? What are you guys feeling right now? Are you guys uh, bored with this price movement? Are you guys? indifferent to it are you guys you know getting more sucked into the bitcoin space or more repelled right now because uh i'm kind of on the fence i love you guys i love doing this every week but the bitcoin price it's only fun when it pumps boys you either you either eat the daggers or you have fun pumping so apex stoked as fuck let's go moses red pilled as fuck why because i like dump Young Lurk, 58k, let's fucking go. Alright, boys. Everyone's still bullish, obviously. It's hard not to be bullish right now. <laughs> That's too good. That's funny. Alright, guys. Well, um, I'll bring up a few topics that people were talking about this week. Obviously, all these topics are because Bitcoiners are extremely bored. The price starts pumping. We're all kumbaya for a week. And then the price dumps for, what, 5% or something. And everyone's back at each other's necks. And this week was no difference. Uh, the main thing that I saw mostly this week was everyone arguing over the sat symbol. I'm so tired of the sat symbol. I think they're all garbage. I think... Uh, Sats are the standard, and I don't know the best way, the best nomenclature to put the the sats next to the dollar sign or euro or pound or what have you, but everything people are doing on Twitter is pretty garbage in my opinion. I don't know what about you guys, but uh, what's your thoughts on those sat symbols? Because everyone is acting real retarded right now on Twitter over these symbols that we are obviously not even going to influence I'm I'm big on the dollar, dude. I'm I'm big on Sats culturally appropriating the dollar sign, but that's just me. I don't know. I'm unconventional. I, I like uh, calling a Sat a Bitcoin. So wow, is are you going full yeah. Dieter Bob on us? Are you going SBTC? Dude, as crazy as Dieter is, I don't know. Sometimes you gotta agree with him, and I I like calling every Sat just Bitcoin now. Really? Okay. Yeah, Sean, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Just pick some. Okay, so 
The next question is, is it Bitcoin or Bitcoins? I have 100 million Bitcoin or 100 million Bitcoins. That's the next argument on Twitter this week. This is how bored everyone is. Bitcoin, all Bitcoin, no S. Honestly, guys, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going to take a shitcoin stance here. I kind of like the S. I'm not going to lie. B cash. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If if we go full Dieter Bob, we go full Weinikus, and there's a hundred million bitcoins in a bitcoin. I don't know. That just makes sense, dude. <laughs> go go. Six unit buys. Continue. Explain to me. Now, instead of Bitcoin being 58K, it's less than a cent. One Bitcoin is less than a cent. It's cheaper than Dogecoin. 20 uh-huh. times So then all the dumb people can buy too. I actually have a question. Uh, why do people hate just the word like sats? Such a short, you know, you just write the word sats out in small right next to it. Oh, I see what you mean, like sat slash dollar sign. Yeah, like, what's the problem? But also, like, why isn't it the corn symbol? Like, I don't get it. Like, either way, like, it should be the corn symbol. I just, I don't get why that's not more talked about. That's just my opinion. That's a bit too meta for the people, Shishi. We're, we're saying, we're saying we have to dumb down the way we pronounce our, our money symbol. And now you want to confuse people and add it as a corn corn emoji we don't bend for no coiners they bend for bitcoin <laughs> bend the knee if you don't if you don't if you, if you don't understand it i'm gonna be a little bit less nice than satoshi and get the fuck out you know <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you hey That's corn rough. just means means sats whatever you want bro you, you know stay down you bitch bitcoin is whatever the fucking want bro there's eight decimals How about it? oh man um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm team Sats. I think Sats is really easy. I I uh I'm definitely not a think boy bitcoiner over here. I like simple and uh you know, I like to dumb it down for myself as as much as humanly possible, and Sats is the easiest way for me to think about Bitcoin. It's just it's all it's so simple. Weinicus, what is that B100 for a taco? What is that? 100 Sats? 100 Bitcoins? Yeah. 100 bitcoins 100 bitcoins but 100 bitcoins sound like Yo, 100 so like a lot it's, it's a lot so of many cubans are going to be confused bro so many cubans wine they already call it subways yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> it's going to be fucking hard for us apex 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 can talk about it bitcoin <laughs> wait what was that wine i guess it's not that hard to price something at like instead of changing sats to bitcoins. Like, all right, like that house is a million bitcoin, but it's really just a million sats, you know? Yeah, but when I hear a million bitcoin, it's also it's also, it's also logically coherent too because that's the lowest denomination in the whole protocol. So it's like at any other point you could argue it might be arbitrary. Like, why is a hundred million of those a bitcoin versus? Yeah. So wait, Skeef, your team a hundred million Bitcoin. 
uh, is yeah that sat you could that you that you could replace sats and just have it be Bitcoin. What Winekiss is saying. I mean, I go Winekiss. I'm saying that we're on the fringe, but I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, or we well go. I have a question. I have a question. So then. How would you separate for people Bitcoin the network versus Bitcoin the coin? Like Bitcoin the asset versus. I mean, Bitcoin how do you do that network? now? You you got to do it the same way. You got to explain. So in my opinion, in my opinion, we should get rid of like like okay if you if you have one bit like just keep it the same way because that's basically it's there for a reason because people like this framing, right? That like it's Bitcoin, but realistically there's two point one quadrillion or whatever the number is Sats, right? And so Sats. You know, Bitcoin the network, that's the standard, right? It's really simple when you. And I like paying homage. Like, why didn't Satoshi ever get? I don't know, dude. I just like it. Just, I agree with so you, Shishi. Yeah. I I think it's easy to me. It it's simplified and streamlined, but I get the counter argument. So, the counter argument I I hear against Sats, uh, one is kind of I hear Vlad say it a lot, uh. BTC Takeover podcast host, he says something on the lines of why do we have the cult of Satoshi naming the smallest unit of Bitcoin sats? So I hear his point about, you know, um, we shouldn't worship the the idea or uh, start a cult around Satoshi. Therefore, we should use BitSense. But BitSense makes no sense to me. It does make sense, but I just don't want to do math. And the other side that I hear a lot from Dieter is what he says with Weinekis, uh, that Bitcoin has the brand and that brand carries a lot of weight. And by using the Sats nomenclature, you're kind of losing that brand association and it makes it a little more difficult for the normie brain to associate that with Bitcoin. But I kind of find that point mute because Sats is so easy to me. Sats is standard. It's, it's just wait. I have, I have a question. So you said Vlad wants to use a fiat term to name a unit of account that is Bitcoin. Sense. Bit sense. Bit sense. Yeah, but you're you, That's not. You're using a fiat term in my opinion. In that sense. I agree. There's I think bit sense is garbage. I'm not a bit sense maximalist. I'm just. I'm just kind of trying to. Uh, is it like dollars and dollar and like dollars? Is it dollar and dollars? No, it's dollar and se- like it's two separate words. Like people are already used to separating it. Like, I agree. To like, me, well, that makes sense. Anybody know if the word sat or sats in some other language is used to for the word money, like somewhere on the planet? Because if not, it's a brand new term for money or a unit of money, just like Bitcoin is a brand new term. Um, and the world already recognizes full Bitcoins as a Bitcoin. People aren't going to have a hundred million Bitcoin. Hate to hate to break it to you there, uh, <laughs> optimist. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, it seems like it could work. It seems like uh, you know it's hard to get. Like uh, you, you made good points. You know, people have to make the mental jump that Sats are also this Bitcoin thing that everybody's been talking about. But it could take it could take off. But I could also see it going the other way. Like people, you know, hundred years from now, people go, "Yeah, I got fifty fifty thousand Bitcoin. Uh, I'll give you for that, whatever." 
and they really mean sets as we understand them today so hard to say uh you know i don't think anybody's going to get to impose whether it's a symbol or the terminology it's just going to happen just like sets took over no one made that happen everybody just started first it was satoshis somebody anybody know the story because i don't well you know who who decided let's call these things satoshis after the creator which i think is actually reasonable to always honor the guy or people forever you know underneath the protocol for you know like the history of this money we all use 200 300 years from now the kids will be like what's what's that sad thing where does that come from so i don't know i i see like both sides it's pretty cool it's i think it's just gonna have to work itself out in the uh ecosystem with with people somehow <laughs> right how else does it happen i do happen to tell people what sats are when i'm like orange pilling them and they get it very quickly so i do I'll, too yeah the normies uh the benefit of the DAO with sats they're like uh, making them download a lightning wallet and then sending them one sat and it's like yo look i just send you less than a penny which will be like a house one day but yeah, that's a great that's a great point you know what i've experienced lately that people actually have the unit bias on the other side. So they say, because Bitcoin has such a high price, they value it higher. You know what I mean? So, you know, seeing 0. 0.0000 SHIB for whatever it is, it's like, I don't know. It's like fucking, to me, that's even too small or whatever. So I've seen that lately. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the decimals. Um the decimals, I think, were cool when you were able to move around big amount of whole coins, of Bitcoin. And uh, it was a lot easier in the early days. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of buying sats. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the unit bias and buying 100,000 sats or even 10,000 sats. It just feels good. It's just much more... Much more sats, higher, higher go or uh, number go up. So it makes you makes you feel good. You're like, wow, I bought so many sats right now with these paper money. They're still selling me thousands of sats right now. Like, I don't know, I'll it's tell you, dopamine or something. The decimal plates, the decimal point, makes it seem like you don't have much. Yeah. Like I look on my fold app and I look at how many sats I have and it's just written out like a des like a normal number, like a million, two million, whatever it is my balance is. I I made like seven hundred dollars worth of uh you know, in, in Satoshis since December just by putting charges through my fold card. And, you know, they have it as as not a decimal point not, you know, point zero zero whatever. Which is cool because it looks like a lot when I look at it. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up right now because I don't care if I tell people how much it is. Awesome. So I have one million two hundred fifty-six thousand six hundred and ninety-eight sats on my fold card, um, just from using it, just from buying stuff and spinning the wheel and getting rewards, and it's freaking awesome. And that looks like a lot to me, over a million. I'll tell you one thing that. This conversation is definitely one of people that have already won. So, like, the fact that we're arguing over this stuff is pretty <laughs> awesome. So, shout out to all of us for, for winning. Hey. Uh, 
Wineke, someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. Thank um, you. Thank you for on, on that note though, on the note of us talking about this means we won. Um, I was gonna bring up this tweet that Gigi put out. I don't know if you guys caught it, but it it was around the time that everyone was arguing about the sat symbol over the weekend and the tweet goes bitcoin is the eighth base unit of the world quantity equals val or quantity is value and the defining constant is 21 million so what he means by this is he named all the other uh, base units of the world so we have the second which is symbols s quantity is time we have meter m for length kilogram kg for mass ampere symbol a for electric current we got kelvin for thermodynamic temperature we got mole for amount of substance i honestly never heard about that one uh we got candela for luminous intensity and then we got the sap for value so um you know to your point winicus that's uh this is what it looks like when you're winning your your value becomes a base unit for the world yep. we just created a new unit of account in the scientific realm <laughs> Man. uh sean yeah it was a tweet here um i'll put it i'll put it in the chat but transition what are, what, what are we transitioning to a new gender. A new gender. <laughs> okay, I just put it in there for you guys so you guys could check it out, retweet it. Um, let's see. Well, uh since Wine gets hit the transition button, we will transition. Um I think one one thing I saw this week, which I think We'll go into a discussion towards the end. But did any of you guys catch the fireside chat with Jimmy Song and Ted Cruz? Uh, that happened this week. And to my surprise, I, you know, I'm not from Texas. I don't know much about Ted Cruz. But from my surprise, after watching that video, Ted Cruz seemed pretty based. He seemed like he is pretty orange pill aware. And he was talking like a Bitcoiner. So I don't know if this is a sign of things to come where politicians pick up on what we're doing. And I think we've said this for a few weeks back that we're starting into the era of politicians or the powers that be to fight Bitcoin. But I think on the flip side, we're also entering into an era where Bitcoiners aren't painted as enemies but they're painted as someone that you want to court so when i was watching this and hearing ted cruz talk like a bitcoiner about energy about how bitcoining and bitcoin mining will fix the energy grid and make the energy grid that much more robust and to hear ted cruz talk with jimmy song like a full-blown bitcoiner it just popped in my head that wow we really are jumping into that era where Bitcoiners are going to start to be courted by politicians and countries. And it was just one of those mind blowing moments where it's like, holy shit. I know, I know we are very paranoid on this podcast a lot 
and we talk about how the government might ban us or, you know, they're always after us. And, you know, the mainstream media is is painting us to be domestic terrorists, domestic financial terrorists. But I think we're going to start entering into this this stage and it's going to be a lot more obvious that politicians and big business and maybe even bankers are courting Bitcoiners. They're not going to only want us to join their jobs. They're going to want us to join their countries. They're going to want us to move to their states. And when I was watching that, that's the first thing I thought. So uh, I'm sure this will be a theme that we will continue to talk about into the future. But personally, when I saw that this week, I was like, man, like we really are entering into a hectic time of game theory for Bitcoiners on both sides, negative and positive. And man, it's just so bullish. It's so bullish to hear uh, U.S. senators talking about Bitcoiners or not even just Bitcoiners talking about the legacy financial system like a Bitcoiner. And man, I just got super bullish. It was, you know, hearing a U.S. senator basically for all intents and purposes uh talking clearly and and coherently about for lack of better terms like conspiracy theories that bitcoiners propagate all the time talking about the federal reserve and uh you know inflation and how inflation is you know a regressive tax man it was just beautiful i definitely recommend you guys go listen to that um say what you want about uh ted cruz and or politicians in general but it was a pretty base talk, and if if he stands by what he says, then, man, it's going to be interesting. And I know we got Skeef here, so I know he's very anti anything that has to do with politicians, and I'm on that same boat. But, hey, it's still, it's still good to hear people talk um, with the same talking points that us Bitcoiners have and them being more more engulfed in the mainstream media but i don't know guys did any did anyone else see see that clip or is anyone else feeling these vibes or am i am i on an island over here so my my thing is like general uh, like plebs like what i how i think I, I don't know how i think plebs should like approach it like if if jimmy song wants to talk to ted cruz that's 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 a pretty fantastic opportunity like i i think that's an important conversation but it's like, like my thing is like me personally, am I, what's a better investment of my time and resources getting on the phone to, or writing an email to a politician or donating to some, you know, fucking pack or whatever it is, or just buying sats and figuring out how I can be more sovereign myself. Like to me, that's obvious. Yeah. I, I'd agree with you, Skeef, cause uh, you and I are on the same boat, man. Like, don't tell me to write my politicians. Like, they go fuck themselves. I basically got in Bitcoin because I hated politicians, and now you want me to write to my local, uh, you know, state representative. Like, it's ass backwards. But, hey, <laughs> I'm the extremist over here. <laughs> but, with, hey, but with that being said, I do respect anyone that is willing to uh, you know, put their time and effort into doing such things. I, I'm just, I'm more on the skeef level where it's like, I got better things to do. Maybe, uh, yeah, may, maybe my indifference is, is, a, a weakness. If we're all indifferent, you know, I can see that that is, is bad for us in the future, but Hey man, we're not everyone's like me. So I think we'll be good to go. Uh, two, a, I am trying to find that link. 
I love Wanik is conning me with the soundboard. What's this up? Dude, um... <laughs> Fuck a politician, but we need them, bro. Like, you know, they're, they're part of this shit. They're useful puppets, and if we can use them to Trojan horse our way in, then let's fucking use them. That's, my, that's the way I see it. I am with you. Uh, Apex, I am 100% with you. I think it's going to definitely be bullish but i'm just i'm not gonna put my time and effort into it you know shame me all you want but that's just that's how i work no and then it's good that we have people like jimmy song that are willing to do it and let them do it because you know they're very eloquent they're good speakers they can get the message across they don't need a bunch of fucking plebs on twitter like shoving shit down their throats right so so um but you know at the end of the day i know there's like people that don't want to vote and, and do that. But if there's a fucking politician, even if he's he's a fucking, you know, whatever party that he or she may be, and they're down with Bitcoin, you know, I'm voting for that politician. Bullish. Uh, what's yeah, that? listen! That's called motherfucking bars! <laughs> yeah, it's funny to see Bitcoiners become one-issue voters. On on everything now. It's like, do you like Bitcoin? Yes or no? If you say no, then you are not getting into power by my vote. Sorry, I'm getting distracted over here. Too many, too many memes, boys. Bruh. Bruh. Okay. Voting is fake and gay. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Let's go. I agree. I I've been saying for years voting is a sham. And then I fell into the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And now man, you can hardly convince me to vote. Uh if there if there's a strong line single issue vote where it's like a dude very obviously orange pilled, then maybe I'll throw in a ballot. But uh, other than that, man. I, I'm opposed to voting. Yeah, but imagine like there's for presidential candidates, right? Imagine there's one motherfucker that's like super anti Bitcoin, right? Like he's like fucking, we're gonna ban it, we're gonna sixty one oh two that shit, and then on the other side you have a pro Bitcoiner. Like Bitcoiners will be incentivized. Like I, I believe you know there's gonna be like a lot of people like that are here on this call and they'll be like, fuck, I don't believe in voting. But I, I really think Bitcoin, Bitcoiners would rally and, and vote for the mother, you know, against, not for the motherfucker that likes Bitcoin, but against, right, the, the fucker that wants to ban in 6102 that says that Bitcoin is evil and shit. Ooh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd agree with you, Apex. Uh, one of the things that Ted Cruz talked about in that speech was how... Bitcoiners were rallying around the infrastructure bill and the fact that so many Bitcoiners came out of the woodworks had people in politics kind of shook. They're like, what? Like, who are these Bitcoiners? Like, what? What are they doing? Why are they coming out in bulk? Like, what are they even angry at? So I think you have a point, Apex, that in the future, uh, in the relatively short future, uh, the Bitcoin constituents and the and the those that will be single issue voters i think we can really make like make or break this shit 
in the future like right well think about it dude like the alternative is like i don't want to leave the u.s i love the u.s right so you know if there's a guy that gets into power and he's all you know anti-bitcoin and that makes me want to you know grab my shit and my you know my 12 words memorized or 24 words memorized in my brain and get the fuck out then you know i don't want to do that so i want to stay in this country and again if we need these puppets to trojan horse our way in then i'm all for it i don't give a shit <laughs> let's go i have a question for you apex um let's say they don't signal anything so then you have to guess right and then on that's like my first question how would you go about that because i don't think that would be so that's the first question but the second question is um don't you think abstaining and then making them pander to your wants more powerful because basically if they know there's a huge number of votes that are undecided always that's like a honeypot for them which then you start to get pandered to instead of you hoping and wishing for them you know but that's like a two-part yeah i mean so if if it came down to like you know not knowing where a politician stands with Bitcoin, I definitely probably not vote. Um, but at, I don't know, man. It's 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 a delicate subject, right? Because we know that fucking elections are crooked as shit. As a Venezuelan, I can speak to that. There was um, I remember you know when the opposition was going against Chavez a couple times when he was changing the constitution and shit, and and you know I was obviously super opposed to Chavez and always voted against him. And then I knew peers, you know, around me that I guess were kind of based, right? They were like, dude, I'm, I'm just abstaining. But I don't think that has an imp the abstaining has an impact. Just but, but I guess it's also argue arguable that voting doesn't have an impact either. Right. So if, if it's being, you know, if your vote isn't being counted. <laughs> so it, it is a strange conundrum. But I do think that at the end of the day, these puppets are in a position to 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 create some sort of impact and if that impact is positive for bitcoin then i'm all for it because again i don't want to leave this country i don't want you know i'm happy here i love america and i think it's worth fighting for and again if we need to use these guys let's use them Ooh, let's go yeah i i feel that um thanks for answering sure dude bullish um kind of it's a little soft segue but kind of in the same frame i was on toxic airwaves on monday well i showed up for a little bit shout out skeef in tucson they're they're in the chat right now uh go listen to them go hang out in their spaces um but max our boy maxwell sikorsky i, I hope i saying his last name correctly he asked uh, a question on there and it got me thinking and, and it got a uh, I think it got a really good discussion on there. And since we are in this waiting time, I think it it's a good idea to, you know, start brainstorming stuff in, in the near future. And so I'm bringing this up. And honestly, I don't even really have uh, all the answers. But I know maybe Skeef could uh, and Tucson could summarize some of their answers. And maybe people can jump in and, and add to the discussion. But Max did a... a a question shout out to max and uh his question was basically what we're talking about is like how do you survive this current event like what can you actually do as a bitcoiner to stay ahead of the curve and you know like what should you be doing so that you can survive what's going on and um i don't remember everything that that people were answering but 
the majority of stuff was on the long, along the lines of you know stacking sats, securing your Bitcoin cold storage, and then some of the more surprising stuff were on the lines of community and you know getting to know your neighbors and maybe getting to know some local farmers so that your supply chains don't get messed up, uh, building your your you know pleb of trust network and or creating some sort of mesh network so that we can communicate if whatever reason the internet were to go down but we we all were kind of stumped like there's basic things that we can do that we talk about um but i'm interested in in what what your guys' thoughts are like what actionable you know behaviors can people be taking right now so that we can be set up in a position to survive this, you know, dystopian hellhole that we're going into. Um, yeah, Moses, I said pleb of trust network. Uh, yeah, not web of trust, the pleb of trust network. It's uh, one higher level of encryption. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for those that aren't familiar, um, I think everyone has the idea of web of trust, which uh, if you're not familiar with that concept, it's basically... You know, having people, whether they're friends or family or, you know, just an acquaintance that has similar worldviews that you can trust in certain situations. If, you know, shit hits the fan, you'll have a web of trust, uh, you know, family or friends or, you know, people with like-minded point of views that will help you out in a tough situation. And you might have to determine that for yourself, what, what those people do and who they are, but we've been kind of playing with the idea of web of trust since bit block um boom that it's not pleb of trust anymore or web of trust anymore it's pleb of trust you have to try to create a network within the plebs so that you can you know use the network that we have for for your benefit and there's an extra le level of, of trust there that is um that is earned like you you have to earn the pleb status and once you get into the pleb of trust status then you know we can start building what we like to joke about of the citadel network so um let me see what you guys are saying i honestly like i was kind of stumped when i heard this it's like the the obvious stuff is pretty obvious you know buy bitcoin whether kyc or non-kyc it's up to you Secure your Bitcoin off exchanges. Uh, make sure your your coins are in cold storage. Maybe think about multi-sigging that. And then the other stuff that they were talking about of, you know, uh, being friendly with your neighbors. Have, you know, be on first name basis with your neighbors. Have, have some kind of connection with your neighbors. And then make sure that you're going to be able to eat food. Because if shit really breaks down, you may not be able to get to the grocery store. So you may be better off, you know, if you're a carnivore, getting getting a cow directly from the farmer. But we didn't have that many many uh, actionable advice. I don't know, Skeef, Tucson. Do you guys remember what we were talking about? I I don't want to put you guys on the on the spot, but if you remember anything, so we can help out these people survive what we're going through, that would be cool. Yeah, I do remember, like a lot of what you're saying and what was in the chat, like getting your supply chain diversified. Um, I think 
income too is a big one like like, you know obviously make my make mining a big piece of that um but like you know like it like people are realizing like with the vax mandates like how important it is to have uncensorable income and you know not be tied to just one big giant corporate employer or something like that um but and i think for us like mining is the obvious choice but maybe if you have some kind of part-time business on the side too or something like that i don't know yeah, I think that's a really good point, uh, Skeef. Are you are you painting? What scenario are you painting though? Is this is this like doom and gloom kind of thing where we you I know mean, we're all the, off the grid and shit? Or, yeah, or like the idea the idea of the question was if if Bitcoiners start, I guess for lack of better terms, losing this uh, this war right now, this information war, and we get you know, sucked into a more dystopian hellhole, like we, we, you know, seemingly are going down. Um, worst case scenarios, like what could people do to mitigate the damage? Um, but shit, Apex, if you have like a positive view of, you know, where we might go, I'm sure people would be more than willing to, uh, you know, indulge those ideas because we, <laughs> we do get doom and gloom a lot. No, man, just uh, nothing for now. Just listening to what you're taking it in just to kind of make, you know, think it through, hash it through in my mind. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I, like... Uh, chime in. Oh, yeah, go, Jim. Uh, I would encourage people to reduce their attack surface um, wherever possible. Um, owning less stuff is one way to do it. Um, taking investments from uh, easy to confiscate um, um, assets to uh, something like Bitcoin, which is not easy to confiscate, um, and uh, creating a life that if you had to get out of town quick, that you could. Um, so connections with other people, so which uh, sort of expands on the whole community thing. You know, knowing people where you could get help, where you could get supplies, being able to pick up and leave. You know, almost like a get out of town bag with uh, essentials. Uh, you know. It seems crazy to have to say that. I mean, not everybody could do it. You know, a lot of people have family and kids and and you can't just necessarily do that. But to the extent you can arrange your life to where um, you can, uh, you know, at least run away if you can't defend yourself against the state that's coming to get you. If you can get out of town and just be left alone, you know, I don't know. Uh, There's going to be a a potential uh, rocky transition between now and hyper Bitcoinization when the world gets much more peaceful. And uh, some people are going to pay the ultimate price and lose their lives in the transition, probably because of crazy government people. Um, so, you know, anything you can do, it, it, again, it just depends on your circumstances. But as a general rule, be able to move quick and uh, own as little amount of stuff as you can comfortably live with. So um, it's uh, less, uh, you know, you have less to lose to the violence of uh, government or other people that would want to steal your stuff. 100 percent um one, one thing i would add i mean i would i would agree with everything that jim's saying and um but i always take it back to you know what i saw in my country and like i don't know i saw somebody put up put out a list today of um you know countries by by inflation and you know it was like 50 of them 
I think United States has like, you know, five, you know, whatever they, they claim, 5.4% inflation. And that was like a number 40. And then number 49 was Argentina with like 50 something percent annual inflation. And then 50th was Venezuela with like 5,000, you know, like something fucking ludicrous, right? Percent hyperinflation. The point I use that as an example, because, you know, before we think that things are going to get bad here, like for the people that are listening that are in the U.S., you're going to see other countries have it worse, right? You're going to see, you know, if, if shit hits the fan, like with supplies, with food, um, you know, good, you know, good water, you're going to see it in other countries before you see it in the United States. But just seeing how resilient Venezuela has been, even though it's like, you know, there's a lot of poverty and, and a big disparity between the haves and the have nots, like people still survive, like people still eat. Like the most important thing you need is oxygen. Well, that's pretty secured, right? The second important thing you need is water. Because we can't survive like what is it three days without water, and then and then the third most important thing you need is food, right? So, but yeah, I, I'm not as doom and gloomy because I've I've lived in a country that's seen fucking hell, and people are still, you know, there's people that are obviously there's people that are gonna thrive, and there's people that are are having a hard time, but you know they, they still get fed, and I think that's what it comes down to, right? It's just, it's just surviving. Adam Apex. Um, I think Tucson's got a good point here. Staline, you know, if we're <laughs> if we are in a the situation, you don't want to be fat. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get moving. One thing I will add that we've been saying it, but we didn't really uh, stress it. So for the new people out there, if there is some kind of disturbance going into the future you should be saving right now you know save for a rainy day this is all all this information is hinged on the idea that you are capable of saving some of your income so that you can save for you know potential disasters so you should be you know not using all of your money all your income it shouldn't be going out right away. You should be trying to save some excess for a rainy day. So, um, <laughs> they're going crazy on the emojis. Uh, I think I think that's pretty good. Any anyone I got else? One more thing to add. Yeah, go, Jim. Um, a lot. You know, in the Bitcoin community, there's a lot of talk about the carnivore diet. There's a lot of carnivores in the community. I'm one of them. Um, I came about. Uh, to where my diet now consists of basically one meal a day. I didn't plan to do that in any way, but when you run on fat and you eat protein and fat, you tend to have a longer period of satiety where you're just not hungry. And I find that I just don't eat a lot of food anymore. And, um, you know, that the, oh, and then on top of that, so, so now I'm doing, the better part of uh, 20 some odd hours worth of fasting and your body goes into a state of autophagy when you get into a fasted state for more than 12 to 16 hours, which is a really good cell rebuilding um, position to put your body in. So not only is it really healthy to eat less, um, if you eat the right food, you can stay healthy, eat less. And, uh, you know, you could even do several day fasts. And now you're relying on less food to get you through a tough time if you're adapted for that already. You see what I mean? So you you 
get yourself to this position where you just don't need to eat all day like most people do because there's people all over the planet that do this on a regular basis. I stumbled into it myself just trying to get healthy and it works. I, I literally don't eat breakfast or lunch and you know I do tend to get hungry in the afternoon, but it's not hard to wait a couple hours and just have a big dinner of you know fatty meat and uh, i'm good till the next day for the most part and it's amazing i I, i'm kind of blown away myself as i even listen to myself say the words because there's no way in the world years ago i thought this would be my life but yet it works really well i buy very little groceries and i uh i create very little garbage because of it I, i create very few dishes when i'm cooking you know like everything is less so uh, again, it, it, it's towards, you know, being mobile and agile and, and being able to move quick and being able to do with less just to survive, you know? So there you go. Let's go. Uh, people are saying, I like the idea of less food, more sats, stack sats, eat less. <laughs> Wisdom. I got something. Let's go. Shoot it. So I, I think the harder they push, the the freer markets are going to get because what happens when they put all these controls on is that it creates large black markets that operate outside of their control because people need to, you know, get things to survive. And, you know, I just laugh at what's happening in California right now with them banning uh lawnmowers with gas engines and stuff like that because that's a huge business opportunity that we could start funneling generators and stuff like that and i think you know ultimately that's something i'm interested in is supporting those markets and you know it just comes down to you know are are we free or are we not are we going to wait around for permission or are we going to be ahead of the game and we know that they're going to be coming after you know certain things like they're going to push the climate change narrative really, really hard. They're going to attack the food supply. They're going to be attacking these things. And this is where building the networks locally is so powerful, um, where you can start relying on people and interacting in a way that you already have trust built uh, and, and cutting out the snitches too, because there's going to be a lot of snitches and just like uh, uh, practicing that freedom of association, something Skeef talks about a lot. So, yeah. Beautiful. Um, dang, there was something you said sparked an idea, but I blanked on it. Anyways, great points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great points. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we or actually I remember now Tucson. We have already seen them posturing for the idea that Bitcoiners are to blame for climate change, for financial fuckery. I think it was just today, actually, that we had someone from the UK. Um, yeah, so it was... Bank of England deputy warns that Bitcoin could trigger the next financial meltdown. So we are already getting postured in that direction. And uh, it's just the start of it. So it's going to get crazy for us. 
as number goes up, as people become more free, we are going to have to battle the FUD. It's just the way of the land. All right. Well, since we are talking about the way of the land, yeah, they only get these things if we roll over. Exactly. Um, I'd like to bring up the idea of the super cycle. I know, I think I've shit on the super cycle idea, and then I've also been bullish on the super cycle idea. But our boy Random Guest did a tweet this weekend, and he was saying, let Nico Rand is here. <laughs> um, so, the idea of the super cycle. A lot of people have been talking about this week, and the tweet that Random Guest put out was, Something on the lines of he's super bullish on the idea of the super cycle. This this run because so many Bitcoiners are bearish on the idea. And I thought I'd bring it up and, and talk to you guys about that and see what you guys think. Because some days I'm very bullish on the idea of super cycle. I know Samson Mao had this uh, little snippet from a podcast. He was saying that we may be in the super cycle considering all the money they're printing this time's different all the institutional money coming in so i don't know if he's fully behind the super cycle theory but i know our boy jimbo is very big on the super cycle theory and sometimes like i said sometimes i'm bullish on super cycle and sometimes i'm like this isn't the this isn't the epoch yet it's not it's not yet uh we haven't reached escape velocity and there's still still one last dip to be bought. But maybe that is my hopium. And no super cycle because we have stupid cycle people. <laughs> uh, yeah, possibly. It does feel a little bit like 2017 right now. But this idea that since we are all bearish on the super cycle, we may, we may hit escape velocity. And if that is a possibility this time around, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll allow it. But I just, I don't see it happening yet. I think we have one more epoch and then we may get super cycle. So I'm saying four more years. Maybe that's bearish, but I don't know. Wynicus, I see you're getting busy in this chat. What's your, what's your thoughts on this? Astrology charts looking bullish. <laughs> I just saw uh, Dennis... Dennis come in the chat. He's the leader of 58k gang. So uh, I want him to give him the floor. Give him the platform. I would I would love for him to say something, but he's always quiet. Hey guys, do you hear me? What's up, bruh? <laughs> you thanks for having me on. Thanks for the invite. Uh so get <laughs> show, show 58k. 58k gang and then and then tell us whether super cycle or not all right so 58k forever uh i don't care what anyone else says everyone's everyone saw it at 30k but it was really still at 58k for me <laughs> and it's, it's just never gonna change ever we we might go to 580k this this cycle but we'll see uh i gotta i gotta talk i gotta talk to the other plebs in the group about that but We'll see. I'll let so, you guys know. So continual sell pressure at 58K. 
forever. Yeah, it's it's gonna be at fifty eight k for like the next three months, and then we'll gap up to five eighty k. Maybe wow. it really depends on. on that is uh, bullish. Yeah, on the outcome, but from there would probably just go to a million. So who knows? <laughs> so fifty eight k forever into super cycle. Yeah, man, super cycles now. Oof, bullish. Yeah, now listen. That's called motherfucking bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Dennis, before you got on, uh, I was asking the 58K gang, is 58K bearish? 58K gang bearish or bullish? I can't quite tell. <laughs> uh, it's forever, so I guess that's pretty bullish. <laughs> Okay, well, at least Bitcoin's not going to zero. It's going to 58k bong hits forever. Yeah, man. Sounds litty. <laughs> it's, it's all based on uh, PA, so this is penis action. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know if anything changes. Is Are you using Shishi's open source PA uh trading group oh yeah man he's got the api ready i'm making calls like every other like two seconds on, on all the action wow she she's the goat these nuts <laughs> and yeah young lurk bobs and vagine will be next quarter i'll let you know about that too um, next quarter as in quarter four or quarter one uh q1 Wow. So yeah, like March, probably late March. Okay. Who needs Willy Will? Yo, by the way, Super Cycle doesn't start until Dennis sells his Garmin watch. That's that's that is known. <laughs> wow. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> you know, you know who, bitch. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, I'll, I'll trade it for your surfboard, man. Let's go. Okay, if for Super Cycle, I'll do it. Hell yeah. If we're serious. <laughs> so, you guys are bearish on Supercycle. I can take Who's that. Who's bearish? I came in late. Who's bearish? Uh, it sounds like Apex. Oof. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I mean, wait. Wait a second. So, Supercycle, does that mean we don't have any more corrections? We just penis all the way up to 580 without yeah, a little volatility? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I love Dennis, that. but, but uh, um. <laughs> uh, I'm bearish super cycle still. Okay. Yeah, I mean, bear market. You know, the, the best. We have been in a bear market for like 10 years. So, you know, me and, I mean, the fact that me and Dennis are the most on point TA analysts in the space <laughs> is fucking unbelievable. I mean, dude, the accuracy is un unbelievable. It's like 100% accuracy between penis and micro penis and mandingos and. I don't know. I'm super bullish that we can get out of the bear market finally. <laughs> Few oh, will man. understand that rant. Yeah, I'm really glad I could uh, hop in and ruin ruin this uh, this chat for all your listeners today. <laughs> <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy? Such a fucking idiot. <laughs> that's why. That's why they come here, bro. They come here for Dude, the lowbrow. 
Bitcoin content. Dude, last week, last week we were talking about veins and shit. Like we're getting deep <laughs> into the Damn, I missed that. I should have came. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! All right, so. Oh, I came. Go shoot it. <laughs> hit it, hobo. Go deep with it. He likes Jesus porn, so you hit him with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Jim, Jim, really. This is the one where we get canceled, huh? This is the one we'll where see. we really do it. We'll see. We have a really sweet side thumbnail that uh, they won't let us put in our Discord chat, so you guys will have to look on YouTube. Maybe, maybe Wynikus can put it on our Twitter. Um, but I think Jim really, really hit the nail on the head when he put this tweet out earlier. He said, uh, Bitcoin kindergarten starts in about 20 minutes. Irreverent, rude, obnoxious, sloppy, loud, even stupid sometimes. And yet the Bitcoin signal is strong. We only speak Bitcoin truth in class. Come join us. Uh, great, great marketing, Jim. I don't think I could have put it better. And I think we fulfilled we fulfilled what we what we do here. Big old doinks. <laughs> it's big old it's doinks. my future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, big old doinks. No, I think this episode epitomizes that. Everything yeah. was included tonight so far. It really was. It really it was. Always like professional and profound, and then we just turn retarded. Then <laughs> it's uh, it's don't like say that word. Too. You don't say that. You might offend somebody. I'm at me YouTube. Um, if we honestly, if we don't offend people, then we're not doing our job correctly. The whole point <laughs> is to offend you, but also make you see the light. And, uh, you know, truth be like that sometimes. It's not nice. But yeah, that's agree. that's how the world goes. Um, we got a few a few few more things on this list that we can uh, talk about and we'll wrap this show up. But uh, one thing that I picked up from from Nico, our boy Nico, uh, co-host of Simply Bitcoin. Um, he was in here er, er, yesterday and. I'm not going to lie. I've been lazy this week. I haven't watched Simply Bitcoin, so I'll have to catch up, bro. But you already know, I'm out the loop. Anyways, Nico brought up the fact that this week, uh, the powers that be in Washington have uh, proposed and are preparing a crypto task force. So, guys, we've been saying this for weeks now. We are definitely in the era or the time where they start battling bitcoiners there are they are at war with us guys they will smile on your face and they'll stab you in your back yes we are doing conspiracy theories tonight with bong hits included that's just how we do yeah tucson we are at war guys i know i know we're we take everything we say here with a, a pinch of humor and we ship post the whole way through but guys, we really are at war. We we went in pretty hard last week telling you guys why we are at war. And it's just more blatant every week. They literally don't like you. As as our boy Joe Rogers says every other day, the state fucking hates you. And they are looking at ways to minimize your freedom, to 
keep you as a perpetual debt slave and they don't want you to leave the plantation guys but bitcoin is the exit route and that's why we do this but man they are at war with us uh they're doing all their sneaky politician stuff in back rooms and they're going to do it for the safety of the children and for the safety and purity of the internet and to to have uh, great cyber hygiene, whatever that means, and they're coming after us, man. They, we are in their sights, and they will be coming after Bitcoiners soon. Uh, who knows what the soon TM is, but they have a crypto task force over there in Washington, and they, they, <laughs> they're afraid. They know that we're winning. They know that we have left their their facade we have left their stage and they can't control us so now they're going to go through as much theater as possible to scare us back onto the plantation but if you are here listening if you are here with us every week we already know you're a soldier and that's not going to happen but just be warned we are at war and you are the enemy every one of us is the enemy and they keep doubling down on that i don't know if you guys saw nancy pelosi double down on her $600 uh, transaction limit, but she made it very, very obvious that they want to track everything we do. It's no longer just tax the rich, but track the poor. And they want to make sure that everything you do is, is tagged and bagged. So guys, it's probably more important than ever that you own Bitcoin, you get it off an exchange, and you get familiar with sending Bitcoin back and forth between your peers because they are looking to shut you out of the traditional financial system. And they are looking for any reason to censor your your information and your posts and your content. Uh, me and Wynikus have been joking for weeks that this show will be canceled soon. And this week we saw YouTube uh, give us a pretty good list of words if we ever really want to get canceled we will go in on these topics but guys just know we are at war and you are the enemy this is world war three and you are on the battlefield you have been enlisted to war and you weren't even aware of it like that is literally the situation right now which which are the list of words oh man do you want me to do it we can do <laughs> it i can no, do no. it for you just do the first one What's the first one? They're all equally bad. All right, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, see, Lurk gets it. Uh, Lurk's comment, climbing is a scam. Uh, so the first, you know, fuck it, who cares? If, if we do get canceled, guys, we'll spin up another one. The YouTube censored words... Um, this week, the main point was if you are considered a climate denier, they will basically block your videos. They'll kick you off YouTube. They will make sure that you are demonetized. And I'm pretty sure last week they came out with some terms that if you are an anti-vaxxer, they will also kick you off YouTube, censor your content, and demonetize you. So... Uh, I'm not sure what <laughs> I'm not sure what side of the aisle our rants will will fall under, considering we are all over the place. But it it's safe to say that pretty soon 
we will probably get kicked off of YouTube. So we will have to find another home. But until then, we will be here. We will be in Discord. We will continue to talk shit. You can't cancel Bitcoin Kindergarten. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we could do a Zoom. Jitsi. Maybe uh, I'm going to have to get some game from you and Tucson, Skeef, and figure out how to get the spaces working. But yeah, soon. Guys, they are coming for us. So I say all that to say what and reiterate what Tucson said. We are at war, guys. They literally hate you. They will smile in, in your face on TV and say that they work for you as a public servant. But behind the scenes, they are actively working against your best interests. And so we must also work overtime for our best interests. And that is Bitcoin. That is secure your Bitcoin in cold storage. Get them off exchanges. Get non-KYC Bitcoin. Work for Bitcoin. Whatever you have to do to get Bitcoin, make sure we defund this tyranny at every level you can. Uh, I'll, I'm going to skip. I'm gonna <laughs> skip that one. <laughs> I was going to go really, really Nico Jones on you guys, but uh, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it for for next week. Um, but yeah, guys, they are coming after you. I think we say it every week. I don't know how many more ways we can say it, but you are the enemy right now. And especially as an American, I don't know how you feel about that, but you shouldn't feel too good about the idea that your government is actively attacking you, its citizenry. So, you know, Hopefully you've been orange-pilled enough now where you can see this. If not, keep coming out, and we will make sure that you hate the powers that be as much as we do. <laughs> we can upload video for us. Dude, we go to whichever website treats us best, so if it's not YouTube, it's Pornhub. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's the individual playing out right there. And and we have perfect content for Pornhub. It's uh, it's how not to get fucked by the government. It's very sexual in nature. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Winekus, how you feeling over there, bro? Sean, perfect. I, feel good. I think that was a good ending. Just talking about Pornhub. Just talking about Pornhub. Well, we we still got more. We still got some time here, and I still got some more, some more topics. Are we gonna right. Are we gonna do a shorty tonight, or we can go in a little longer? Uh, I don't know. All right. Whatever well, I do want. know. I do know. Uh, we have one more topic, at least one more topic, and then we'll wrap this one up. What? We have to end it with Pornhub again. Okay, we'll come back. Uh, I'll try to I'll try to circle circle back around. Um, All right, loop it in. I, I will do my best. I will do my best. So, another thing that happened this week, guys, and this might be actually there's going to be two more. Th- Two more topics. One one will be a little shorter than this one. But 
I think we're going to end it on some fails. I'm stealing this from our boy Simply Bitcoins, the, the fail segment. But this week we had an epic fail, and it was very public. But we had Jamie Dimon show how little he actually knows about the Bitcoin network. And to me, this was it's just an atrocious fail. But anyways, uh, this week, Jamie Dimon put a tweet out along the lines of that Bitcoiners aren't sure how much Bitcoins there were there will ever be. So Jamie Dimon did a tweet about verifying the supply of Bitcoin. And the tweet was very obvious that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, if you're still if you're still listening to these financial dinosaurs, then you may not make it. But let me let me look up this tweet real, real quick so you can uh, laugh with us because. Uh, it's definitely not going to make it. So the tweet goes, this is by some dude named Brian Chong reporter at Yahoo Finance and he goes JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon on Bitcoin I'll just challenge the group to one other thing how do you know it ends at 21 million you all read the algorithms you guys all believe that I don't know I've always been a skeptic of stuff like that so guys Jamie Dimon Jamie Dimon doesn't know that you can audit the Bitcoin network Via your own node. <sighs> I don't know about you I guys, but say, what a fail. What a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't write code. I, well, I, I do a little bit. What a fucking idiot. Like, it's very obvious. It, if he spent, you know, five goddamn minutes looking around, poking around, he'd be like, oh, it's like a line. Oh, people have written... Like long feces about this. Like this is some fucking dumbass shit. Now I would like to probably contextualize this and say, um, well, maybe when he, when he gets a shit together, like he'll he'll be he'll he might uh, a legitimate criticism might be, uh, well, how do you have confidence that uh you know humans as a society will uh you know uh, continue. Uh, honoring the 21 million limit that Satoshi initially set. That's a legitimate question. That's something that I myself wonder. Like, I'm optimistic that we will, but, you know, we don't know for sure. But what a fucking idiot. Like, this is some 2012, 2013 shit. Like, is not going to make it. Uh, this this is easy. Just rain, Jamie. Yeah, he wants cheap corn. And like the day before, wasn't he saying like, "Oh, I uh, I think uh, Bitcoin or crypto might be worthwhile or something." Yeah. And then the next yeah. day, he he goes on like a major uh, publication or a major media source, and uh, rolls everything back. Jamie. You know, nothing else. You don't have to believe in it, but look, half your clients do, and they're desperate for it. They're begging you to sell them Bitcoin, and they're if they're going to buy it from you, or they're going to buy it from me. And I'm not selling, so I mean, I might sell, you know, at a million dollars a day when it's currently going spot for 50k, 
But um, there comes a point when I won't sell his ass any more Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, I'll 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 take you know a small nice house in the in you know uh, in rural Oklahoma sometime, and, and I'll take his money for that. But I I just how is he so smart? You know this idea of like you get promoted to your your level of incompetence. He's been promoted beyond that. He's like so incompetent beyond his level of comp. I don't know. He shouldn't be in charge of anything. He should be like a mid-level manager. Well, CB, you know the you know the fiat financial world is you fail forward. So continue to fail, and yeah, they keep some keep of those guys are real you. smart. Some of those guys are real smart. Like they they're much smarter than I am. But um, the, you know, you can be very intelligent and still be blind. You don't have to be very smart. I'm I'm very much left side of the bell curve here. But you don't have to be right side of the bell curve to be right. They got a book called. Uh, yeah, listen! Dilbert. That's called motherfucking <laughs> bars! The, the Dilbert Principle by Scott Adams. He wrote it in like the 90s. But it's, it, the whole point of the book is exactly what you're talking about. And it's like half Dilbert cartoons. So even if you hate the book, there's a bunch of funny cartoons. Yeah, my boy Scott. Uh, yeah. He does throw some heat. I. I really do resonate with the bell curve meme. And Jamie Dimon, you might be on the right side, but you're not on the right side of history. Oof. Get him. The, the hubris this motherfucker has. Like, we all know that when you deposit your money in a banking institution, like, that money is not yours, right? It belongs to the bank. So imagine this guy seeing, you know, large accounts, you know, people fucking re getting their money out of chase and throwing their money at exchanges to buy bitcoin um i'm not sure that's probably a huge percentage but these motherfuckers are so entitled to what they think is their money and you know it, it is because that's what is happening when you're depositing your money in a banking institution they now control it and you have to ask permission to use your money um he doesn't like that to me he's salty that motherfucker's salty period yeah i think copper put a Pretty, pretty good comment. He says, Jamie doesn't want Bitcoin to succeed because he will have to actually work and hold keys for clients. Way more work than now. 100%. Yep. I was listening to a really good uh, podcast with Dhruv Bonsal, of, uh, the founder of Unchained Capital. He, uh, past couple of days, I forget what it is. Someone link it. But he was talking about like he they've sacrificed a lot of things to not grow quickly as a company because they want specifically to focus on non-custodial uh bitcoin they want to focus on like collaborative custody and man i really resonate with that jamie's threatened by those people because he knows that that business model is is what is going to take his it's going to dominate his business model in 10 to 20 years it's going to take some time and i don't know who the winners are going to be but um, like the people who want to build on Bitcoin are going to be the ones who succeed. And yeah, I, I spent so many hours a day trying to talk to people and money people. And uh, you know, I, I can forgive and relate to people a lot, but I do have a limit. Like I just, I can, eventually I become exasperated. I'm like, I want to take somebody that by the shirt collars and be like, look, you're going to be begging me to be mining Bitcoin in like five years and i can do this for you today or i can do this for you at 10 times the cost in five years 
do they react to that or do they just give you glazed eyes? It's 50-50. Two years ago, eyes glazed over, dead eyes, you know, thousand yard stare. Uh, but now, I don't know. Some of these people are, <laughs> they see the, you know, God bless Biden for all of his foibles and idiocy. He's, he's, he's put the fear of God into um, people with, with brains, which means that like they're desperate. They're now like looking for something to some way to escape it. And they realize there's no way they can escape it. There's, you know, these people, you know, 600, you know, they're going to have to spend 600 or $601 for something someday. And there's no way they can transact outside the financial system. So they see this and they see inflation. Everybody knows that inflation is more than published. So, I'm like, well, you know, I've been talking about this for a goddamn decade. It, you know, maybe you should listen to me for a bit. So I, I, I've seen it change. People understand. And man, I, I come from the oil field. So these guys, um, these guys already get it. And I just want to say, like, <laughs> I'm so bullish on Bitcoin miners in the oil field. And it's not going to come from Bitcoiners. These are going to be oil guys, like field hands, who they understand oil, but they kind of understand bitcoin and they're going to dominate your your major mining pools i mean your your chinese miners coming in your you know your public companies coming in mining bitcoin good luck when whenever these scrappy oil hands get a hold of this you guys are not gonna be able to compete bullish uh cb since you're here and you kind of went on uh what i wanted to ask um i want to ask you a question and then other people can chime in as well. It's a little a little hard segue, but uh, I saw a lot of people talking about it on Twitter, and I kind of get what they're talking about, but I, I don't fully get the perspective. So maybe you can uh, at least devil's advocate us and, and see what they're talking about and then whether you agree or not. So the question or the, the topic that was people have been talking about today in the last couple of days is whether – having the majority of hash rate in the U.S. is a good thing or not. Uh, so I saw a few people talking about it, and people were hyped on the fact that Bitcoin mining in the U.S. is now uh, has more hash rate than in China, and China effectively has like zero hash rate right now after this uh, mining exodus. But the the thoughts are that uh, as an American, you want as much hash in Eastern countries as possible. And so having the majority of hash rate in the United States as an American Bitcoiner is something that uh, American Bitcoiners should should be weary about. And this isn't just one person that's propagating this idea. It's a lot of people. And um, so, CB, uh, yeah. in your opinion... Do you think it's an issue having the majority of hash rate in America as an American Bitcoiner? And or were you comfortable with so much hash power in Eastern countries and in particular China? Um, I, you know, the more centralized hash rate is, the more surface area there is for attack. So as a Bitcoiner, I say I want the hash rate to, to be distributed as, as distributed as possible. So 
Um, I actually don't think we will see the majority of the hash rate in the United States. I think we need another year or so for the fallout of Chinese hash rate migration to kind of settle down. Um, you can look at like, you know, uh, Cambridge does some great studies on, you know, hash rate by region. And, and it does show the United States rapidly rising and we are the dominant country and region right now, which, which is great. I'm happy for that. I don't think we will stay that way. I think we'll probably be dominant. I don't, I, I, I'm in a DM with some of the Luxor guys and some of the slush pool guys. And we're always debating this, like, well, where do we, where are we placing our bets on, on, you know, hash rate by country or by, um, you know, uh, by, you know, uh, what, what executor or, or uh, dictator owns most of the hash rate. And I, and the consensus among all of us is we think that two or three years from now, hash rate will not, we will not have over 50% of the hash rate in any one country. I think if I could guess, I would say 40% United States in two or three years. Um, right now, there's still a lot of flux. Like most of the Chinese miners still have not have not found a place to plug in. Like the hash rate recovery has not been Chinese miners plugging back in domestically here in the U.S. or in Kazakhstan or in Russia. It's been hash rate that's been in the in the pipeline for you know five to twelve months. So we haven't seen the recovery quite. Uh, uh, we ha we haven't really seen the fallout. The dust has not settled yet. Um, you know, I I'm gonna be biased. Uh, how many hashes stuck on cargo ships still? Very little right now. You know, I actually look at. I mean, I'm in the process of s sourcing a lot of hash rate, and um, it it's not really on cargo ships right now. But it could be. You know, I don't know what I don't know what shipping. I that is a concern of mine for now. Um. I I just don't think we'll have that problem. I think everybody I think most enough people around the world have realized they need to figure out how to mine Bitcoin that um, there's enough competition for it. Um, if I could guess, I think towards the end of the decade we will see things shift based upon who has semiconductor fabrication facilities domestically. Then it could be like a nation state competition thing where who can fabricate the most, um, you know, chips uh, will uh, will dominate it. And I can't predict that far out. But for the next five years, I don't think the U.S. is going to get over 50% for a sustained period of time. I think we'll we'll probably settle down at like 40, maybe 35%. Um, who knows? Kazakhstan could change things. I look at deals in Kazakhstan. I've been talking to some private equity guys who they are putting a lot of money in Kazakhstan. I'm like, yo, I mean... That that regulatory environment is becoming increasingly uncertain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bullish on Borat. <laughs> that should be a meme, man. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, look at the me. I have a chair. Look at the me. I have an ASIC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's my hot take on it. Um, I'm a. Uh, I gotta go answer some emails, guys. I might get off. No worries. Thanks. Thanks for the insight. And uh, yeah, have a good night. We love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you crack me. Optimist, up. I have a yeah. question for you, dude. What's good? Do you remember what what was Dieter's argument of why having all the hash power in the U.S. being a bad thing? Honestly, I like I have some tweets. 
I couldn't. I didn't really get to the bottom of it. Uh, Same. Because it, it yeah. was coming. It was coming. Like I saw Mr. Hoddle tweet the same thing this morning. Dieter tweet the same thing. Well, not the same thing, but they're on the same uh, theme. I saw Mind Matter tweet on the same theme. So uh, I have Dieter's tweet over here, and he's quote tweeting Dennis Porter. And Dennis Porter goes, breaking, the U.S. is now number one in Bitcoin mining, beating out China for the first time ever. One third of the Bitcoin hash rate now sits in U.S. borders, a 428% increase from September 2020. History has been made. The Great Migration is complete. Now we fight to keep it here. And Ayi goes, this shows a complete misunderstanding of Bitcoin from Dennis as an American, you want as much hash in Eastern countries as possible. Losing the China hash was a huge blow to Bitcoiners living in the West. And um, I couldn't really get to the bottom of of what Dieter was saying. Hence why I was asking CB and, and was hoping someone else uh, knew what he was talking about. But there's people like point btc goes centralizing in the u.s would be slash is a negative i agree but bitcoin mining has become more decentralized not less in the last year and then Dieter goes totally not true lol uh <laughs> <laughs> then and then ruben ruben goes if it diminishes the power of ccp then that's a good thing in fact it showed that the system is resilient and answered the question what happens when china bans it Bitcoin is inevitable, like you always say. So they won't have a choice but to join again in the future, right? Question mark. And then all you goes, you totally missed the point of my post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then another comment, someone goes, decentralized hash equals best security. Having more hash here than China is a net good. Having zero little hash in China is no good. Having a large percentage of hash in America is certainly bad too. If you're in a, and this is Dieter, if you're an American, it's a net negative. And then they go back and forth for a little bit. And I think this is the crux of Dieter's position right here. So uh, the comment is by Church of Bitcoin. And he goes, I'd rather have more hash rate in America than China, period. That said, if either nation has more than 10 to 20% in 10 years, that's probably not near optimal. Ideally, a few percent spread throughout the roughly 200 countries would be nice. We will see. And then Dieter goes, if you get sanctioned by the USA, your tune will change. So I'm guessing the angle is um, like regulation and sanctions. So I know that Mr. Hoddle was saying, put a response in the in the chat and I'll read it out. Um, so I saw Mr. Hoddle say along the lines that the... Having most of the hash power migrate to America is going to have a centralizing effect because most of the big miners in the U.S. are big companies. And there's some roughly, you know, like five or six big mining facilities and they are in different states. But having most of the power move from China to America where our mining is centralized in these big companies in certain areas in certain states. Whereas in China, it was a lot easier for small miners to, you know, build up a little mining farm. So while they are all under the CCP and we do have that threat of, you know, the Chinese government can basically shut down all miners if they really wanted to, uh, in China, 
the mining game was a lot more decentralized. So there was hundreds of companies that were mining and, and you know, if not hundreds, but thousands of small little miners in China taking use of the, the low energy costs. So I think the angle is that having that much hash energy leave China and come into the States has a centralizing effect where most of the hash power goes to these big companies and these big mining farms. Whereas in China, it was a little more decentralized within China where it was spread out around the country. There's a lot smaller mining uh, farms that were able to use the excess energy and having all of them, you know, pick up and go to different countries is going to have a centralizing effect for uh, us American Bitcoiners. And furthermore, with all this regulatory uncertainty, if all that mining hash power is going to basically five or six companies, then it's a lot easier for the U.S. government to regulate Bitcoin mining hash power, hash rate, and will be a net negative for American Bitcoiners. But I, I really don't know. I'd, I'd have to have Dieter go in long form. But that's what I got from that. And uh, that's why I'm asking, because really I haven't heard too many people talk about that. And yeah, that's, that's well summarized, dude. I think you summarized that really well. Um, that kind of makes sense. And the thing about Dieter is that like his takes that have nothing to do with Bitcoin are like super retarded, but his Bitcoin takes are fucking dead on always. Like, <laughs> yeah. So when he, when you know I like to listen, and then you have on the other side you have like Michael Saylor, like he, he sees it as super bullish, right? Yeah. That exactly. um. That, so so yeah, it would be interesting to to get Dieter on and, and listen to him because I've heard him on some spaces and obviously heard him here on kindergarten and um i always learn a lot from him only regarding bitcoin everything else is like <laughs> jesus dude really oh man yeah i love dieter um and i agree sometimes sometimes on hit dieter's non-bitcoin takes they're like bro like what what are you on like you woke up and chose violence today like god damn dieter just like woke up ready to piss everyone off but when it comes to bitcoin it's definitely you know, like, don't neglect Dieter's point of view when it comes to Bitcoin. He's been around for a long time. He knows what he's talking about. I know sometimes Dieter sounds batshit crazy, but that's why we love him. That's Dieter. And his Bitcoin takes have been fire. He's been very consistent for years now. As long as I've known him, his Bitcoin takes have been pretty on point and, and before the curve. So that's why I, I saw people talking about this. And I, I was hoping some more minor friends were in here so we can talk about it. But, uh. I think as far as I can see, Apex, that's kind of the gist that I'm getting. So hopefully we can get them in a spaces soon or something and, and they could hash it out so we can all get a better idea. Yeah, this is going to give us more um, fodder for, for Bitcoiners to throw shit at each other for the next month. It should be fun. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's, I mean, we started the show like painting the picture already. It's a waiting game. When Bitcoiners start waiting, we start freaking devouring each other. So anytime Bitcoiners are at each other's necks, you can just guess that the price isn't doing what we expect it to do. Because as soon as it starts pumping, we're all we're all kumbaya and we're all friends and we can get a, get along on Twitter. Yeah. So so if Dennis is right and we stay in fifty eight k for three more months, um, this this mining subject is going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> no one of us, not one of us is going to survive. 
<laughs> oh man. Um all right, well, guys, uh I do I do have one last thing I want to say. And I had I had another point, but I'm blanking. I should have wrote it down. Uh this last this last topic um is another fail. We've been we've been kind of covering KYC fails for for a couple of weeks now. And this KYC fail that we saw this week is uh is is a lot darker than than we usually have. They're usually a little lighthearted. Uh this one was pretty sad news this week and uh you know it it's definitely definitely a just a knock on on the freedom movement in general. But guys, for for those that aren't aware what I'm talking about um uh, a very prominent 3D gun printing advocate, Jay Stark, passed away. Uh, we don't know. I don't know exactly the date, but we learned about it last week. And apparently, through the rumor mill, what happened is uh, Jay Stark is an anon 3D gun printing advocate. He is very famous for putting in a lot of work in creating the FGC9. Super awesome. Uh cyberpunk like 3d gun it's uh you know printed parts plastic printed parts that you can create a gun at home i think it was fully auto i think you can make it fully auto and yeah to a they suicided him um yes and no so supposedly the story that i got was that uh jay stark was basically getting hound down by the authorities because he lives in europe and if you're unaware, the gun control policy in Europe is very tyrannical. They can't, you know, it's very hard for them to get guns. And furthermore, very hard for them to get automatic guns. And Jay Stark, a legend in, in his own right, uh, created FGC9. It's really awesome looking 3D printed gun. It looks, it's just, it looks badass. Very cyberpunk, cypherpunk ethos. But what happened was apparently... Um, the, you know, the powers that be were after him and he got doxxed by Coinbase and eBay purchases. So I'm from, from what I guess he was, uh, you know, using Coinbase to buy Bitcoin, used, uh, Coinbase to send some coin to, I'm guessing something that they didn't want him to buy. And then they used that information Along with his eBay purchases, I'm guessing he was purchasing, uh, you know, various gun components or, or you know, gun kits so he can make his own, his own, uh, his own pieces. And what happened is the government, the powers that be, used that KYC information, and they were after him. And apparently, he died of a heart attack. So they were coming after him and I guess he had a, uh, you know, an, uh, underlying medical issue from a kid, a weak heart or what have you. And he was on the lamb and they were about to catch him and he had a heart attack. So really sad story. Um, I just wanted to bring it up because we have had Joe Rogers come on and talk about 3d printing guns and how you can't stop the signal. And I think, I think it'd be, I think it would be a missed opportunity for us to not bring him up on the podcast because he was a legend, man. Uh, and it also mind blowing that how old he was. He was 28. 
he he seemed like a freedom fighting legend that's been around forever and he was this kid that was just freaking brave and courageous and just didn't give a fuck has great memes on the internet uh my favorite one is yeah they put it in in the picture where he's got that live free or die and he's got this other one where he says like uh like fuck this dystopian uh this dystopian society like i'd rather live free and just just um i think just what he stands for man like i don't want to mythologize him or martyr him but he is a martyr and uh he is you know fallen soldier in in this freedom movement and say what you will about 3d printed guns but uh, an armed society is a safe society and the fact that the powers that be in all these various uh, you know locations and institutions are able to stop their citizenry from having guns and if you know anything about history as soon as your your government takes away your guns uh, what shortly follows is your government starts killing its citizens so gun rights is is a right man like i believe everyone should own guns i believe uh armed society is a safe society and this is coming from someone that didn't really grow up with guns i i've was not too fond of guns growing up um but now i realize that hey uh if we are in total war and your enemy has guns then you don't show up to a gunfight with knives so, you know, an armed society is a safe society. Go, if you're able to, go get some guns and make sure that you and your family are protected. But on that note, man, um, I think I think this was a, definitely a loss to the the culture, the, the freedom culture. I know a lot of people don't like to lump in 3D printed guns with the freedom movement. But in my opinion, it's all the same movement. And like Joe, our boy Joe always says, you can't stop the signal. So one of our soldiers went down this week, or at least we heard about him going down this week. And just to hear how he went down, man, you know, like stop using Coinbase. They they don't care about you. you they will literally sell you out to the DEA at the soonest convenience to them. So... Uh, you know, just shout out to Jay Stark, shout out to his family and, you know, the 3D printed gun community will will thrive and continue. I think that's one of the most important spaces in the world right now besides the Bitcoin space is the 3D printed gun space and the, you know, the lobbyers. So shout out to those that are going to continue this fight and, you know, shout out to the memory of Jay Stark. There's a really good documentary out there where he's he's in it. You guys should go check it out. I'm blanking on the name right now, but man, it's just you know, I've never met the guy, but what he stood for, I think is legendary and uh I don't think he will be forgotten. And the FGC9 will live on into the future and uh I think will be a pride, you know, a point of pride for a lot of people to own an FGC and to create one and to continue the legacy so yeah man um like i didn't i don't know him but i think it would be a missed opportunity for us to not give him a shout out because he's done so much and just man to see how he went out you know we talk about kyc fails a lot and here we have a you know we have an example man um 
that KYC hurts people. You know, KYC kills. KYC is immoral. Um, don't let anyone convince you otherwise. The fact that they have to tag and bag you when you buy and purchase your Bitcoins is the immoral act. And, you know, you should be able to try to claw back some of your privacy. You should be able to transact however you like. You should be able to buy whatever it is you like and whatever you agree with and the merchant. And here we are, you know, we're in 2021 and we obviously don't live in that world. So just be aware of where you are. You know, as we said midway through the show, we are at war. And this is one of our soldiers that went down on the battlefield. Whether you agree with him or not, he was fighting for your freedoms. He was fighting for our freedoms. And he went down on the battlefield. So, you know, rip to Jay Stark. And man, we'll just, we'll see, we'll see what other cool stuff the 3D printed gun community comes up with because they are straight killing it and i just can't wait to see what happens into the future but with all that said man rest in peace to jay stark uh your memory will live on your you will live on in memes and i think you you are a, a great role model for for all those people out there for all those youngins out here that are going to try to continue to do what you started man so rest in peace jay stark guys go check him out go see what he's done and uh, just be aware, man, like we are at war and you are the enemy. So quit forgetting that because this is getting serious and they'll take you out just as quickly. There you go. Getting a lot of cool, cool uh, links in here. Maybe I'll, I'll add some of these links. Oh, yeah, I'll add the links into the description. I got a few more links that I'll add. But yeah, man, uh, guys, <laughs> um, thanks guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if anyone wants to, you know, say some words and then we'll, we'll wrap this one up. If not, uh, I'll, I can just wrap it up. I'll put the links in the, in the chat, but yeah, F for a fallen soldier, man. Um, uh, you know, it, it blows my mind how young he was and, and what he's capable, what he was capable of doing in such a short time. So man, you know, shouts out to him. And uh, I think, you know, it, it's one of those moments where you self-reflect and you think about what you're willing to give up for, you know, what you're willing to sacrifice for your purpose. And I know we have the meme, you know, like, uh, I'm willing to die on this hill, but this puts everything into perspective. You know, what are you really willing to lay down your life for? Uh, and if you're doing that, then go full bore. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise, because as a man, you got to find your purpose and you got to stick to it. And Jay Stark found that purpose and man, he lived it to the end. So it's very inspiring for me personally. Like, OK, uh, as much as I like to, you know, shit post and, and have a good time there, there is, you know, boundaries and there is some lines that I won't cross and some that I will. And it's just something that we all have to come to our own conclusions to. So, guys, like we said before, we are at war. And just know, man, you are the enemy. And this is this is what they want for you at the very end of the line. They don't want you to fight for your freedom, and they'd rather see you dead. And we have another example of that this week. So got a little dark there, got a little somber towards the end. But I think, you know, it'd be a missed opportunity if we didn't, give you guys this information and give you this perspective. So 
shouts out to everyone out there that's still fighting the good fight. You can't stop the signal, and number will go up. So, shouts out to you guys listening. Shouts out to Jay Stark. Shouts out to the 3D printed gun community. Shouts out to the devs out there. Shouts out to the node runners. Shouts out to the miners. You guys are all the front lines for freedom, man. And uh, we wouldn't be here without you. All right, guys. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> Law. Yo. Uh, Sean, is that not like a... It's like an instant thought with like a, a crypto millionaire or something like that. I forget what that photo is, but. <laughs> hey, hey, that dude living though, bruh. <laughs> All time high and you get girlfriends. <laughs> oh my God. All right, guys. Well. We're at we're we're pushing up the two hour mark, guys. Uh, I know we like to keep these short, but we haven't been giving you guys presentations. We're uh, just gonna do teachers lounge for a little bit. It's more it's the most fun for us, and hopefully you guys are getting the signal through it. And if not, come ask us questions. Give us questions in our Discord, in our Twitter, wherever you want the questions. Send them, and we'll answer them. Thank you, Tucson. Let's go. Uh, bullish on toxic airwaves as well. Wynikus, give the people some words. Um, thanks for coming out, and next week, tune in on Pornhub. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. We will see you on Pornhub soon. All right. Shouts out to you guys. Uh, go like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Try to get our YouTube push so that we can get more people on this toxic narrative over here. Pumps on for <laughs> Alright, guys. Alright, this was episode... What is it? 121, The Waiting Game. Alright, have fun. Start building something. Secure the bag. We will see you next week. Alright, peace out, fam.